0: Welcome to Natural Wellness Tips Podcast, a weekly broadcast all about leading a healthy, happy, and wholehearted life. Welcome back to the Natural Wellness Tips Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hudgens. I am excited because today is one of our special podcast episodes where we have an incredible guest. So today I invited my friend Lauren to join us. Uh, Lauren is incredible. We met a couple years ago, and we've just stayed in touch. I followed her physical therapy journey. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited for what she has to share with you today. So Lauren is a doctor of physical therapy. She specializes in women's health and pelvic floor therapy. And she's the founder of Thrive Physical Therapy here in San Diego. She's fascinated by the art and science of movement and began her career in 2012 focusing on sports and orthopedics, which many of us physical therapists do. That's kind of where we we a lot of the times just begin our career, but Lauren quickly re- realized and recognized that there is a need for women to receive a specific focus. Our bodies are different. We go through different things with our bodies as we birth children and just age. So she expanded her knowledge and treatment approach to address women's health and pelvic floor dysfunctions. And she's combine that with her orthopedic background to just better serve whoever needs her, especially her parents, peritone- perinatal mamas. So welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thank you, ma'am. I'm super- so happy to do this. Yeah, so fun. Well, Lauren, tell I just adore you and know so much about you, but I know a lot of the listeners don't know who you are. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and what makes you you so excited and fired up to talk about this?
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I live in San Diego. I live in Chicago for like three years, which is fantastic and really helped me uh, appreciate San Diego weather, though I really do like the seasons. It really makes sense to me. I, well, you kind of already said it. I got into, I got into women's health, PT, just really because like I feel like women kind of got, got screwed, especially postpartum moms um, that are having to do so, so, so much. With a new body or a different body, for sure. So I kind of got called to do that. I, you know, personally, I don't have children right now, so it's not something that I've gone through myself. So that, I mean, hasn't been an issue actually with my patients. I kind of was nervous about that in the beginning, but I think it's just understanding what the body needs to be stable, and it's so, 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 you know, more complex um, than just saying you just need to be stable into your core exercises or whatever. But I found it really interesting that a lot of, a lot of people not, so disclaimer, men have pelvic floors too, <laughs> which I have treated men um, for pelvic floor dysfunctions as well. And I still do, I just do specialize in helping women. So anyway, disclaimer, I just thought it was interesting. A lot of people don't have a very good relationship or awareness of their pelvic floor and your pelvic floor and your core are basically one and one in the same. And we all know is life, so public floor is also life. Yeah, and I, what else? I'm sitting here, I wish he, we, I could actually like, see everyone. That would help. But yeah, just sitting here with my dog. If you hear him sniffle, snuffle, or fart, he's a little Frenchie, so. <laughs> he's really cute. <laughs> I hope you guys can
0: see him. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I love the disclaimer. Men have pelvic floors, too, because we kind yeah. of hear about it more with, Pregnancy and delivery, and um, you know, just some of it just comes up more for women, right? But it is important, yeah. and we all focus so much on core, so it is important to recognize that that goes all the way down through our pelvis. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about because I don't feel like doctors, even OBGYNs, a lot of the time know or even realize what pelvic floor physical therapy can do for mamas when they should be working. With a pelvic floor physical therapist or a women's health physical therapist. So, what are like the most common times people come and see you? What What is that kind of? If you can elaborate on that
1: a little bit. Yeah. So, like you said, most people or many people don't even know that I exist. So, (laughs) understandably, understandably, it's it's kind of hard hard to even know that you need one. So, some signs that you would benefit from PT or pelvic floor PT in specific. This is what we're talking about. You're pregnant or you're postpartum. And postpartum doesn't just mean right after childbirth. It just literally means after childbirth. So whether you're six weeks or six years or six months or twelve years or whatever, you're still postpartum. So a lot of my patients are pregnant postpartum. I see a lot of athletes or exercisers, as I like to say. Uh mother things. If you're leaking or or maybe you're not leaking, but you feel like you have to pee all the time, or you actually do pee all the time, like, oh I have a, bur- a little small bladder. That's usually not true. It's something that needs to be trained. So, and Weaking you can be weaking, pee, or poop, either one. neither one should be happening. So, that's, a, you'll come to me if that's what's happening. Um, a lot of people know about diastasis recti now. If you have a diastasis recti or a weak core, if you don't know what a diastasis recti is, it's like a splitting of your abdomen right down the center. Sometimes it kind of looks good in pictures because <laughs> it looks like you have a pretty sweet six pack. But, um, It's not a good thing. Um, What else do I see? I see a lot of women with frequent UTIs, or if you could see me, quote unquote, frequent UTIs that are misdiagnosed. A lot of people will get chronic UTIs and the doctors will just give them medication because they know oh, there's someone that's more prone to UTIs. And many times, of course, these are the people that come to me to see me. So I'm seeing that population. But many times, it's really a pelvic floor hypertonicity or really... Uh, excessively tight pelvic floor muscles that create UTI symptoms. So like all those meds and everything, like, unfortunately, they're not, they're not going to help. So that's not the issue. If that's the issue, if you go and you get a, you know, you get tested and you do have a UTI then take a medication, but people have pain with intercourse or even just putting in a tampon or when you go to the gynecologist, it's not fun, but it, sh- it shouldn't be that painful to go to the gynecologist or put in a tampon. Intercourse, I think, <laughs> personally should be fun, but <laughs> it definitely should be fun. <laughs> and then if you have prolapse. And prolapse is like when you feel something heavy or even coming out of the vaginal opening. Um you can also have a rectal prolapse as well. But so those are those are some things and I wrote those down. That comes out to like, I don't know, eight or nine or ten things.
0: Um, Yeah, I love it. You just get right to it. You're like, if you're leaking, if you got any
1: of these things going on, pay attention
0: and get it checked (laughs) out.
1: Yeah, they're super common, like leaking in specific, right? I talk about this all the time with all my postpartum moms. And like I said, I treat a lot of athletes and exercisers too that are also leaking and have never been pregnant, never had a baby. Leaking is, is a super common thing, it's not normal at all but we have to get used to changing i think those words and and actually think about like what they mean so yeah it's really common to leak after having a baby like your whole body just went through a, a lot of crazy changes amazing changes but it's not normal and it can be helped and i think i just hear so many women like oh you know i just i just thought this is what you had to deal with like this is what you get for having a baby or you know because it's so common amongst amongst maybe their moms and their aunts and their grandmas and couple floor therapists were there. We we existed, but not very many. There's still not that many of us, but it's a little bit more talked about now. So we can start to, to make changes and you don't have to just deal with it like your mom or your grandma did. So anyway, common, but not normal. And that goes for a lot of these things. So, yeah, I think you
0: hear all the time just, well, that's just that's just what happens after you have a kid.
1: And yeah. it's just, it does. Yeah. It it, it it very commonly just happens after having a kid, but it's not something that you have to settle for. Yeah. Cause I it's so life changing. And like, that's like when we were talking about why I got into this, it just like broke my heart. Anytime I was treating a quote unquote orthopedic patient, right. I'd be treating them for their shoulder cause they were a volleyball, they played beach, beach volleyball, but then they're talking to me. Oh, every time I jump to go spike or whatever it is, i pee but you know that's just normal and but then they're embarrassed about it and it's holding them back from going out or holding them back from wearing certain things like you don't have to live in black leggings all the time just because you're going to be your pants you could just not be your pants and then you can wear so many other things besides black leggings but i just i thought the you know obviously something that a lot of people are embarrassed about um and especially also like pain with intercourse. That's another big thing that just like if you don't have to deal with that, then freaking don't because those things can be fun. Living life without pain and also having sex without it hurting. Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, those two things sound awesome. Right? Definitely things that we should we'll all be able to to experience, right? So let's kind of chat about what I'm trying to figure out how I want to like phrase this question, but like, <laughs> I guess there's a lot of people out there that are just probably thinking like, yeah, okay, that that works. But like, is this covered by insurance? Or, you know, where do I even find a physical therapist that does this? Or I just don't even know where to start. I'm just going to deal with it. Like, it kind of seems like such a big hurdle. Like, we know Mm -hmm. where to find a primary care uh, physician. We know where to find even a regular physical therapist. But like, what can people look for when they're looking for somebody to help them with this? Like, if they're in San Diego, come see you,
1: right? But if they're somewhere else in the world. Yeah. So if you're looking anywhere else in the country, yeah, you can look on Hermes Hermes, gosh, that's not it. Wallace.com or oh, what is it? Herman and Wallace pelvic rehab.com. They created a great website. You just type in your location and it gives you all the people that obviously that have registered. So Herman and Wallace is um, like an institution that I took some classes from. A lot of people take classes from. So they're really amazing. So everyone who's taken those classes, um, is on their website. And I might just Google it because I think they made an, an actual new website. Uh, pelvic.
0: Cool, yeah. Your
1: life stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's just important for people to be able to like not only get this knowledge of like, these are the things yeah. a pelvic floor physical therapist could help you with or a women's health physical
1: therapist could help you with, but where do I find one? Because that's yeah. kind of the overwhelming part. For sure. So I just looked up pelvicrehab.com. It's through Herman and Wallace, but they, like, made their own separate thing for people who are looking for it. So pelvicrehab.com. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, you can always email me. I can let you know some other things. But it is covered by insurance. Of course, all insurances are different. Insurance, insurance can be a tricky thing to, to work with. But up until opening up Thrive Physical Therapy, I worked for companies who took insurance, and I treated all my patients. Yeah, no, no problem. So it does, I mean, we ha- as a PT getting coverage, we have to make sure that we're documenting correctly and obviously truthfully, but we, you have to show like a, a physical um, and a functional outcome or how it affects your functional life, which I will say when I first started PT, what, like 2011, 2012, it was harder to get insurance coverage because they didn't really, I think, Accept that having uh, non-painful intercourse is necessary in life or accept that, you know, leaking was necessary. Now, or maybe I'm just a really good documenter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now everyone's covered and, and I do see even new, new codes and stuff coming up. So it is covered by insurance. Um, you'll just have to check with your provider and check with your PT. But for the most part, I don't need, there shouldn't be too much of a worry with that
0: that's so cool. Good. Yeah. I think that's yeah. just important for people to, to know, like, cause sometimes they think they, a lot of people will think these types of care are like extra and you have to pay out of pocket for it. So it's good to just yeah, share ma'am. that with everybody. So on your yeah. Instagram, I saw this awesome picture of you working on a mama who was just about to give birth. She's like in her last couple of weeks of pregnancy. So what do you do for moms in that, that Right, phase of pregnancy, like what are some of the things you're working with them on?
1: Yeah, so in that phase of pregnancy, usually it's it's getting ready for for labor and delivery, just just physically, right? A lot of my a lot of people will take classes or want whatever, and you're getting you know mentally prepared and everything, but physically prepared. um In that specific picture, you're talking about she's in quadruped, she's on, on hands and knees, and I'm doing some fascial gliding, mm-hmm. just giving her more more space to breathe. Both of them, <laughs> her and. Uh, her daughter inside so in that specific thing it was like a little fascial glide kind of I call it kind of like stripping taking some of the fascia from the around the back of her on her back and around <laughs> the sides of her abdomen to the front of her belly just to give her a little bit more wiggle room that can be helpful for giving baby more wiggle room to wiggle into a better position as well so she was let's see she was like 37 38 weeks actually she's still going she's like 39 right now but she we do a lot of pelvic mobilizations too. So literally called an innominate abduction. So as you know, baby's going to be coming out of, out of the, the outlet there and your, your two butt bones you can kind of use as reference. Your two, your two fits bones have to spread. And so we'll work on that mobility because there's not, although there's not joints right at your butt bones, but the tops of them are your SI joints. So those little dimples are on your back are your sacroiliac joints and they kind of hinge from there. So if you we do a lot of mobilization to open up that pelvic outlet, give baby a you know a, a better shoot <laughs> to get <laughs> out of a little more space.
0: I like that visualization. And, better shoot. Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> sacral mobilization, coccyx or um, tailbone mobilization. Make sure the baby doesn't get stuck on the on the tailbone or on, on the sacrum. So really just opening up, and then um, we also do some practice with kegling relaxing. And bearing down, letting go. So, kegeling is not the just end-all, be-all fix. It, it sometimes can be detrimental, especially when you're trying, you're preparing for birth. Kegeling can be helpful during labor if you're trying to slow things down, or you know, kind of try to prevent tearing. All in all, like babies coming when baby's coming. But if you can have a little bit of say, so we'll practice that, and then really practicing. I mean, especially if it's your first baby, like a lot of my moms don't know where to push from. You know, so we'll do not necessarily, I don't do a ton of internal, internal vaginal work with my, my pregnant women. I can, and we, I just talk with their midwives or the doctors or whatever, and just make sure that's safe for them. But we don't have to, you can just do it just right on, on the, on the skin is, is best. And just, just barely into the opening to give a little pressure and say, Hey, push here, squeeze here, push here and really get the focus. The focus is really on the mobility or excursion of the pelvic floor rather just like, can you squeeze really tight? Now can you bear down really hard? Like you wanna have some in between and some control. So we really we we'll work on that. And it's kinda like a little a little practice, but nothing like the real thing <laughs> <laughs> always. But at least give you an idea. And that's what um, um that patient particularly just did that and she's like, Oh, now I can like put yeah like, you can picture it better and also just kind of maybe getting over some of the fears of even touching down there. You know, when we first started, it's like, oh, that's kind of pinchy, you know, and that was just like one finger. And then, you know, a minute later, it was totally fine. So even just in a sense like desensitization or Mm -hmm. just getting more used to the sensation of opening there or or whatever, whatever needs to be done.
0: That's so cool that you're Mm -hmm. able to guide a mom through that before they get to the phase where it's go, you know, like they're before Mm -hmm. they're in the hospital and like, this baby is coming. So whether you figure it out or not, like it gives them a chance, like warm up. It gives them a chance, like have an idea of sort of what to expect. But also when you go to the hospital or you go to the birthing center, or even if you're a home birth, you know, there's people down there touching and moving and yeah. things, so getting used to that kind of positioning. And things. So that's so empowering. I have to imagine for, especially a first time mom or maybe yeah. a, a second time mom who had a not so easy first birth maybe they had a very traumatic first birth and and they're
1: a little scared to go back through that right so yeah i'd say it's it's even a little bit tougher with that scenario for sure the first time on they don't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so they're just kind of kind of taking it all in but yeah if, if that first birth was traumatic or the first birth, excuse me the first birth was um a cesarean section right mm-hmm. so now they get this they're trying for a v-back or something so yeah it's really great and it, I mean and then it's also even out, outside of the, of the pelvic floor and uh, the vaginal opening will do just hey if you're if you're planning on doing a natural birth you're probably going to be in a whole bunch of different positions so can you even get into a full squat? you mm-hmm. know if that's something that you think you may be into or or not like even something as simple as ankle mobility Mm-hmm. Right, like if you're in a full squat, you don't want to be on your toes for however many hours that is. And so working on dorsiflexion, which is, you know, bringing your, your foot back towards your shin, um, which is needed for a deep squat. Can you get into that position? <laughs> like yeah. Something as simple as that. You don't need anything to be even that much more challenging.
0: <laughs> yeah, but have <laughs> it be the first time that you try those positions that you're going to use for your birth, not be when you're in labor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so cool. I love I absolutely love it. Okay. So I have a couple questions. I always ask my guests and I'm going to run okay. them through with you. Does that sound good? Sure. Okay. So my first question for you is what is your number one health and wellness tip that you would scream from the rooftop if you
1: could? If I could scream from the rooftop. Um, is to just be aware of what the heck you're doing, which I do realize sometimes you can't be aware because you don't know what to look for or whatever, right? So that's why I have a job, right? So that's my, my job to teach you what to be aware of to do things either while you're exercising or just in everyday life, quote unquote, correctly or the most efficiently, right? Because that's, that's where we kind of get jacked up. And I tell my patients often like to, to switch up the verbiage. Oh, I have to be cautious when I do this because I'm scared of, you know, hurting my back or hurting my right there or something. And I, I definitely would like to shout from the rooftop that caution implies fear and awareness implies knowledge. So kind of flipping that. And just because maybe you're going a little bit slower than that other person in your exercise class, you don't actually know what's going on with their bodies, right? And you're doing it correctly and what's best for your body and safest for your body and actually probably a better workout then the person just blasting it out next to you. <laughs> no idea. So caution in, in implying fear and awareness and implying knowledge. I don't know if that's a health and wellness tip, but I find I myself. love
0: that. <laughs> I think that is so freaking cool to just change. I think what we say to ourselves really does have a physiological effect. And if that is like what you're saying to yourself, then it does, it does instill that fear. So caution instills fear
1: and awareness implies fear implies, fear. Awareness okay. implies knowledge right because then you're coming at it from like you know oh I just had back surgery and I have to be super cautious about stepping on to the I don't know the the ice well I'm thinking like when I worked back in Chicago people walking on the <laughs> icy grounds it was really really scary but no if you're just aware you got to get your, your weight more forward of your basis for all of that it's not cautious you just know what the hell to do and everyone else might not
0: <laughs> so good I love it okay so a lot of times people think us, people in health and wellness are just like, we do everything right, you know, because we, we live in this health and wellness role. But what is your biggest healthy habit that you struggle with? Like, what do you have the hardest time staying consistent with?
1: Oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible coming from a PT. Um, exercising. <laughs> it's okay. I, it makes other people feel, feel okay. Yeah. I am, um, literally this morning, I've, you can't see me. I'm in a robe. It's 11 a.m. I'm in a robe and I was prepping for <laughs> this um, podcast, watching my husband, who is a PT, um, work out on our on our deck. <laughs> and I'll get to it eventually. But I love exercising. I really, really do. I love the feeling during and after. It's the before and it's getting to it. And I think that's, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Having a new house and, and having a new company. And there's always something else to do. So Jen, I love that you were doing that 30-day challenge. Oh, crushing it. Yeah, um, thanks, girl. <laughs> that is the hardest for me even though I love doing it yeah there are, there are always other things like my um, dog sitting on my lap right now that makes me not want to go exercise <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's fun yeah I mean Lauren took a TRX class um a week ago and or just a couple days ago, actually. And we got yeah. oh, such a good workout. We were dripping in sweat. It was nice. It's fun. It was good. It's fun sure. to have the dates, you know, where you have it like you're accountable by a friend sure. and then you get to work 100%. out, chat with that friend. Yeah. Super good. Mm-hmm. Well, I get it. It's definitely hard to be consistent with that, especially when you're a busy entrepreneur. So.
1: Yeah.
0: What are you most excited about in
1: life right now? Um, I guess it depends on like... Hmm. On a small scale, I'm super excited about our kitchen. <laughs> We're going to redo our kitchen. We have this little itty-bitty house um, with an itty-bitty kitchen. So getting that more functional is going to be amazing. I'm super excited about it. But on a bigger scale, I think growing thrive, or, or shall I say watching thrive thrive, <laughs> <laughs> um, just and seeing where that, uh, how that can set me and my family up you know, for the future. And wanting we'll to have, have kids if you can and all of that. So seeing how that all, all pans out. I mean, Thrive is super new. We just started and the end of June. So yeah. um, I'm very excited to see where that goes and how it, it changes our lives and our schedules. And um, Yeah. It's, it's exciting. And changes, so
0: sometimes. changes lives too. Yeah, I'm trying. Oh, so good. I'm so proud of you. Okay, so this is my selfish question because I always want to know, and I'm a bookworm, but what is your favorite book? If you could recommend like
1: one book to everybody. Oh, no. Okay, so oh, I feel horrible in saying this. I don't freaking read very much, or I don't read like just like for fun, mm. which I've been trying to get into. So I currently have a whole list like or so, a stack of books. I can tell you those. I did just, um, I finished reading the fourth trimester by Kimberly Ann Johnson, which is amazing, which was, I mean, partially for fun, partially for education and partially because, you know, I, if I'm giving it to my, I, I have a copy that I give to my patients um, or suggest that they listen to it or whatever, it is just it, read it before you're in the fourth trimester <laughs> would be the best. But my books I have on deck right now are, 50 Shades of Grey. You still haven't read that? That was like 10 years ago. No, I told you, I literally don't read um, for a <laughs> Um, And You're a Badass and Pussy, which my best friend just bought me.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, You're a Badass is awesome. You're going to love it. Yep. But, and I don't know the other one, but I'm sure it has something to do with what you do. (laughs) And then I just want to say this because I feel like some people might be like, there's only three trimesters in pregnancy, which is what most people say and think. And, and I think you are the expert in that fourth trimester, like what comes after you give birth. And I always say to my mommies and my mommy and me yoga classes is you took 10 months to make that beautiful baby. You need to at least give yourself ten months to get back to what body you think you want back, right? Like people are like, mm-hmm. I'm six weeks postpartum and I still haven't lost all the weight. I'm like, yeah, well, it took you ten months
1: to get there, yeah, to, yeah. Or, or even longer. Um, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Fourth trimester is a thing, or let's just make it a thing. I'm not sure that it's a thing in all the textbooks yet, but <laughs> it absolutely is is a thing, and I deal I deal with that all the time with all my postpartum moms, like. Like you said, the bodies that they want to get back to, um, and I, I have to say that what I see a lot is the struggle between what body they want to get back to, and what body they are obviously currently living in, and what body they, that, that, like, there's a, sh- there's a huge shift in your purpose here now. Not that you're not the, the amazing, strong, beautiful woman that you were before. Not that you, you just also have another another purpose and maybe your time is spent breastfeeding instead of at that exercise class right so that the fourth trimester book by Kimberly Johnson is amazing and helping to explain that I'm not explaining it very well mm-hmm. because I don't I'm not sure yet how I feel about having your expectations be to go back to exactly how you were because you aren't exactly how you mm-hmm. were in so many areas, not just your body, not just that your belly got stretched out and that you just carried a heavy baby, you know, yeah. like your, your mind is different. Your, your everything is different. I think for, for good. And you can of course meld the two, the the quote unquote old world and the new world together. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, I just follow my patients and, and what they want, but I, I try to help bridge that gap help them yeah bridge the gap and notice that maybe you know they don't need to go back to the mm-hmm. their other previous person because that's not what they are anymore
0: cool i love it so that's a good book for you guys to check out if that's speaking to you for sure so where can everybody find you lauren you can find me
1: all over the place um, and <laughs> if you want to email me you can email me awesome. Lauren what's your email at lauren at sbthrive.com i um, on Facebook and Instagram as well. I'm trying to get that right now. Yeah, Posting some stuff. That's at Thrive Physical Therapy SC. Awesome. And then my website is a little flip from that. The website is scthrive.com. Awesome. And, yeah. Cool. Awesome. I'll
0: put all that in the comments, guys, so you guys can easily find Lauren and follow her and learn more of her amazing knowledge and information. Uh, And I am just super grateful that you took your morning, sit down, chat with me and share your wisdom with all of these beautiful women that are going to have a listen to this wonderful podcast. So uh, those of you out there listening, do us a huge favor, leave a review when you're all done listening. We love to know what you have to say about the podcast what you enjoyed most. And most importantly, it helps other people see it. So the more reviews we get, the more it gets out there for other people to hear and and check out this podcast. So thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks for wanting to listen. (laughs) Yes, you're amazing. Awesome. Well, we'll chat soon. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please leave a review and subscribe. And head over to Instagram to keep up with me daily at Natural Wellness Tips. See you next week.